The SJPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Time for Rod's Risers. That's right. It's time for another edition of Rod's Risers today on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. But hey, first, we want to take a second to welcome a brand new team member to the SGPN family and the fantasy football family in specific. He is our new doc. He's the new guy that is going to give us all of the uh, news, injury reports, and he is a PT, a DPT, CSCS. Yeah, definitely the guy knows his stuff when it comes to injuries. Welcome to Sebastian Ferron. Welcome to the team. You're going to hear from him in a couple of weeks as we take a look at some fantasy-relevant injuries. But first, let's take a look at Rod's Risers. Guess what? This week, Mac Jones. The Mac Jones Show finally comes to New England. And I guess there are some who actually say that he did a fairly decent job tonight. And the hype train now will start to run very quickly on the Mac Jones front. Uh, Cam Newton... Losing the ball, getting tackled a little bit. It didn't work out for him all that much, and Mac Jones stepped in. Uh, Cam Newton ended the night four for seven, uh, 49 yards. Obviously, not much doing there, but Mac Jones, 13 of 19, 87 yards. Obviously, no touchdowns, but they say he's looking good. He looked okay, and if it would have been a bigger night had Christian Wilkerson actually hung on to the pass that uh, that uh, Mac Jones threw to him, it was really... I guess a great night, a great opening night for Mac Jones, and he will certainly start rising up in the drafts, up in the hype. Nights like the first night like this are are exactly what makes risers, right? People see it with their own eyes, and now all of a sudden they're going to be all on top of them. So if you got Mac Jones earlier in a draft, you know, or or early drafting and you got him in later rounds, you're lucky because guess what? He's about to start shooting up the draft boards now as everybody is all over this Mac Jones hype strain. And it's only going to get bigger as the weeks start to progress as the preseason leads into the regular season. So um, if you're drafting now and somebody didn't watch the game and and Mac Jones is sitting around there in the later rounds, grab him because you're not going to get him at that cheap of a price for very much longer. So again, Rod's riser of the week, Mac Jones, only because I have a feeling he's going to be starting sooner rather than later in New England. And I thought so anyways, but this tonight may have solidified and maybe sealed the deal and, and sealed Cam Newton's fate over there in New England. So again, that's Rod's riser of the week. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. But first, again, I want to welcome Sebastian into the team. Can't wait to hear from him and all the injuries, uh, which may very well be cam newton before too long so all right let's get to the show exciting mock draft for you let's go it is that time of the week again it is time for another episode of the sgp and fantasy football podcast i'm your host rod Gomez. find me on twitter at RJ Villagomez. Find this show everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And of course, more importantly, on the SGPN app today. We have a special treat for you today because we are going to break from normal tradition, break from normal format, and we're going to do a live, well, a live mock draft. We're going to mock draft it up. I've got Adam Pelletier, the fantasy administrator, and of course, Scott Reichel. He is, of course, part of the SGPN as well. Guys, welcome and uh, welcome into this mock draft meeting that you have called on us, uh, Fantasy Administrator. Uh, thanks for having us, Rod. I'm excited to do it. Excited to mock draft. Just get a little bit, you know, we want to try and give everybody a little bit more information where they can get it. And just, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good day. 
I think it will be fun. Scott, again, thanks for uh, answering the call and coming in and making this a three-man mock against, uh, what, we got nine computers, guys, that we're going to try to mock draft against, but that's cool. We'll beat him, right, Scott? Yeah, hopefully. I'm assuming that the greater at the end be biased towards the computers, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to have a scorekeeper this time. We're, I don't think anybody's going to try to tell. The scorekeeper will be you, the listener. Uh, that noise means that I guess it's time to start the draft, is it? I'm not uh, quite sure about. where we're at as far as draft board. Okay, so we're going to do a standard draft. Uh, this is PPR, correct, Adam? Half point PPR. Half point PPR. We're using the Fantasy Pros mock draft uh, wizard, I guess, as it were. Uh, and then, again, we're going we're gonna to pick against the computers, me, Adam, and Scott. And we're just going to talk it down. We're going to give you our thought process on who we're looking at. Uh, I see right away that uh, Scott is pick 105. I'm right after him at pick 106. And pick 105, Oh, you're pick 105. Right. Oh, yeah, your fantasies are. Never mind. I am dude wars my car. <laughs> I love it. And you are picking 10th. So, uh, all right, Adam, I, th I think we can go ahead and start the draft. The 101 pick is uh, up to the computer to team one. So we'll see him take Christian McCaffrey, I'm sure. 94% suggested to take CMC number one in the draft. But is that where you guys are leaning? Scott, I want to know, is, is CMC your overall first pick uh, consensus wise? In a PPR league of any kind? In yeah. a half PPR, yeah. <laughs> I think he kind of has to be. The volume's there. You know that they're going to feed him. The only question that you have with him is durability because he got injured and didn't really play much last year. But the coaching staff, whenever he did play, fed him the rock. Mike Davis also got the rock whenever he was starting instead. The workload should be there. McCaffrey should be the first pick. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking that that's pretty much it. You're right. It's not a, it's not a matter of uh, should he go. It's it's how many is he not going to go in? So oh, Rob, where's my, you're up here. But I am. Where is my first couple off the board? We had Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, and then I took Alvin Kamara at the five. Uh, Does Kamara concern you at all that uh, you don't really know who the starting quarterback is going to be? No, not really, because they're going to get him involved no matter what. Um, I really like him in this spot. Five, it's a little early in a half-point PPR to go with the receiver. But there we go. We come back around. Devontae Adams, bunch of running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill off the board, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs. Back around to you, Scott. What are you looking to do here? Well, typically, I like to go two running backs to start, but to be honest, uh, picking 10th might make me change my opinion on that one. I'm actually going to go with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, go with the elite wide receiver. I know that with Kingsbury's system, they're going to want to air it out, and Hopkins, the upside there is just tremendous. So I decided to go with him for first pick, second round. Wow, look at all this coming around to me. This, this draft is going to make me eat my words because I'm about to go. Uh, you know what? No, never mind. Give me, I'm going to start out with two wide receivers. I'm going to go RB0 without wanting to go RB0 in this draft. I picked Devontae Adams to go first because I, I see this run of running backs, and that's fine. But after that, I'm not, I don't want Elliott. I would rather have Chubb over, uh, I'd rather have Saquon over Elliott. But um, yeah, give me two receivers to start this off. I'm okay. I'll take Metcalf. So I've got Adams and I've got Metcalf to start out my draft. I've got two really good wide receivers already. And yeah, now I'm going to be stuck at running back later on, but I, I don't care. I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sitting here, I've drafted one top tier running back already in Alvin Kamara. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at my rankings about where I'm at. I'm looking to see if there's anyone still on the board that I have ranked highly. Um, Joe Mixon right now is my RB is I got him pretty high right now. Um, he's the next available guy. On my cheat sheet, he's the next guy that I'm targeting, and I got to be really into that just because he's going to have such a large volume of work. So back-to-back -back here, I get two top-tier backs early in Alvin Kamara and Joe Mixon. Coming back around, we have two quarterbacks go at the turn, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Rod, talk to people what you're thinking there as I look at some research here and figure out who I'm taking next. Well, I mean, right after that, A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson went off the board. C.E.H. a little early for me, but yeah, Mahomes with the, what, 2-12 pick, the turn. I mean, everybody's going to want to grab that quarterback early. If you if you are wanting to spend capital on a quarterback, obviously you're going to have to do it in the second round. I've seen him going off in round one, but Josh Allen is a little early for me. I feel like Josh Allen should not necessarily have gone that early. Um, and I'm back on the clock, and I'm, I'm 
I'm in a conundrum because I got to figure out whether or not I love uh, DeAndre Swift enough in 14 seconds to figure out if I want him over Chris Carson. Um, and no, go receiver, Rod. Go receiver. You want me Keep to go really heavy? Fine. Give do me Allen Robinson. Do, but you've got guys there. Give me Allen Robinson then. Fine. We'll I, take all I mean, three. You're off the board with three three guys who could finish as wide receiver ones. How are you not just absolutely amped about that? That's going to be a huge, huge boon for you. And so, you know, you got a little bit here before you got to start looking running backs. It's so, true. Scott, what are you thinking about right here? You got your two running backs. I only have one running back, actually. Oh, you only have but, one. You want running back and wide receiver. That's right. Yeah, I decided to end up going with Mike Evans here with the 10th pick of the third round. At the end of the day, assuming he can stay healthy, he's just the model of consistency. You can usually pencil him in for, 100, for I'd say, over 1,000 yards, if not a lot more than that. Decent amount of touchdowns. And Brady, we know the deep pass was a little bit off last year, but it turned out that he had a pretty serious uh, knee injury. So I think there could be a good chance of him succeeding a little bit more when it comes to his deep, I'd say, efficiency. And I do think that could benefit well for Mike Evans. But round the bend again, I'm going to take a running back. And I ended up getting Miles Sanders. Am I thrilled with Miles Sanders? Maybe not really. But at the end of the day, he should get a decent amount of volume because his backup is arguably Boston Scott mixed with a couple of rookies who might be able to make a splash, but not really. I think volume should be, be there for Sanders. The only question is health. Plus, if you don't exactly like Jalen Hurts' ability to throw the ball downfield, you might pick up a decent amount of running back receptions as well. You guys have any thoughts on Miles Sanders? To me, again, I, I'm I don't really like any of the Eagles' offense. I really don't, I, and I know that that's not a company line, but I I just don't. I'm so scared of what Jalen Hurts brings to the table. Somebody's going to have to try to really, really sell me again on this guy because I'm still not sold on his on his overall talent as a, a starting quarterback and that brings down the whole offense so yeah okay maybe that is good for miles sanders because maybe that means that he's going to have to carry the load a little more uh once they figure out that it's it's not really a good offense but then again that hinders him because if they're off the field in four five six plays that's not a lot of touches for miles sanders so i'm not going to pick any eagles up until i see this offense actually do something so um i know for me i, I look and i'm going all the way in on on uh, wide receivers because I just picked up Julio Jones, my friend. I went all in, but now I really have to. I have to cave and I have to take Miles Gaskin. I'm going to take uh, the running back in Miami and hope to God that he does exactly what we hope he does. Uh, why'd you Why'd you go with Julio? You had a lot better receivers on the board there, Rod. You could have gone with DJ Moore and T Higgins, both guys who have much higher upside are more the focal point of their offense. You go with a guy who's playing second fiddle down there in an offense that we're not entirely sure what it's going to look like. Why Julio over DJ Moore or T Higgins? Tannehill. That's that's really the end all be all of, of that argument. I, I trust Tannehill what? way more than I trust. Yeah, well, yeah, you're looking at me crazy. I trust Joe Tannehill. Joe Burrow? I trust Tannehill more over or Joe Burrow. Sam Darnold? Sam, oh Sam Darnold, gosh, Sam Darnold, oh come on, guys! Could, quit trying to make Sam Darnold a thing. Sam Darnold Sam is Darnold not a thing. a thing, not even a little. I, I'm still not oh sold on gosh, Sam Darnold. Rod, you're on the clock. I am on the clock. Settle this argument between <laughs> Dan L and Sam Darnold. Good God! I've watched Sam Darnold play numerous times. Let's just say I'm happy he's not on the Jets, so I don't have to watch him again. Thank you, thank you for that. Because I'm not, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold at all. I don't Why blame you. You can go back. Say again? Does Scott agree with the Julio? Oh, yeah, Scott. That's what do you think? Thing. I definitely can understand the upside, but at this stage in his career, and you have to wonder if A.J. Brown's going to take a significant amount of touches away from him, I probably would pass. But if you want to go for a potential guy, and I, I don't know what, I don't really know what you consider the middle rounds, but a guy who maybe you could take a little bit later on for an elite wide receiver and hope for upside, I can get it, but I do think that that's a gamble. Is that fair, Rod? Oh, that's, that's absolutely fair. There? No, sure, absolutely. And it is a gamble, but that's that's really all you're doing is gambling anyways. And Julio Jones, yes, A.J. Brown is going to dominate that uh, that receiving core, but look, Julio doesn't suck. Like, he's on the back end of his career, sure, but the dude's had so many thousand-yard seasons that I don't think he's forgotten how to play football in the offseason. I think he just needs an opportunity to get uh, – to a quarterback that can get him the ball in the end zone. And I think that's what Tannehill might be able to do for Julio this time, because look, yes, Matt Ryan could get him the ball, but how about we get him in, in the end zone? 
Speaking of getting in the end zone, though, Chase Claypool in the sixth round, the man has is in the top five for most touchdowns by a rookie since 2000. That man is a guy, knows how to get in the end zone. The Steelers want to get him involved in many ways. I'll take him in the sixth round. He's very clearly the receiver I most want to own in non-full in not full PPR formats and half point and standard. I'm all in on Chase Claypool over Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster. And I might even have an argument for him in PPR as well. Well, per- personally, I'm treating the Steelers like how Rod is treating the Eagles. I want nothing to do with that offense. I just don't trust the offensive line. So I'm going to pass. I can understand where you're coming from for the touchdown upside. But at the end of the day, I don't exactly like that team at all. <laughs> but that's just me personally. Um, okay. I don't really, I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place on this pick. So I'm just going to take a gamble here with the running back. There we go. Well, yeah, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers. You have Aaron Rodgers, which I think is one of those those things that uh, that could pay off in the end, especially going in seventh round for Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah, that's a pretty good deal right there. Well, I'm looking through my entire roster, and I'm not sure exactly what your strategy is when you usually do drafts. I try to kind of stay well rounded. I like to take running backs usually in the first couple rounds because the elite ones, of course, really separate themselves, and everyone knows how important running backs are in fantasy football. But as a whole, it was one of those spots where Rodgers, you know, the upside's going to be there. And yes, I know that he's not the most, most mobile guy. He can still run and he'll still get you a couple of rushing touchdowns, which I, which I do think are still somehow just an undervalued commodity of Aaron Rodgers' game. So it looks like uh, Adam picking up Trey Sermon in the yeah, eighth I went, round. I went heavy with the running backs here after the Chase Claypool pick because I came out with Travis Etienne. Damian Harris and now Trey Sermon kind of wanted to just lock that down. That's going to be the end of my running back attack. I'm I'm starting to look at receivers now slash quarterbacks. And I actually think I'm going to go Jalen hurts here early because he has a lot of upside in that high rushing floor. So it really is. I like Jalen hurts coming around here in the ninth round. He's a guy. He's one of those guys. We talk about top 10 potential especially with the high rushing floor that he gives himself. It's really nice to see where you're at with that. I'm sure Rod loves that pick. I love not that pick at all, Uh, but I do like my next pick. I like Logan Thomas. I'll take Logan Thomas. I'm not necessarily, I would have waited another couple of rounds for a tight end because I don't normally pick a tight end even really this early when I'm drafting, but looking at the pokes that are still on the board right now, Noah Fant, Zach Moss, James Connor, Tanya and Drake, Dylan, Gus Edwards, none of those guys really spoke to me. And I think, you know, if one of them's going to be around in the next round anyways, then I might as well just grab Logan Thomas, who I actually like to hang on to. Yeah, nice pick there with Pittman, Scott. I really like that snag there in the ninth round. But the question mark has to be, with what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. Is Carson Wentz going to be back and is he going to be ready to go or is it going to be, or is it just not going to happen? See, that's definitely a good question to have. However, I'm looking at just my overall roster. He's my wide receiver four. So looking at the upside with Pittman, and I think we would agree that he does have upside based on the talent that he actually possesses. I think he's a wide receiver four at that stage in the draft. It's probably worth the gamble. Plus, you play in a dome, so the weather is usually going to cooperate, of course, in the dome. I think that also helps out. Yeah. Although, so, I like your A.J. Dillon grab there, too. I think he's uh, he's an underrated no, handcuff no. guy. He's massively overrated. Pure guys. handcuff. It's a pure guys, handcuff. There are man. guys who are going to touch handcuff. the ball a lot more on the board right now. You could have had Kenyon Drake. You could have had Naheem Hines. You could have had Jamal Williams. You could have had three backs who are going to have actual value on a week-in, week-out basis. And you take a handcuff in A.J. Dillon. Do you know what all three of those other running backs have in common? They catch passes like nobody's business. It's I was going to say I don't like them. <laughs> oh, okay, so you hate winning in fantasy football. I get it. He I plays it. from you the heart. Winning. He plays he from the heart. Winning. He hates winning. It's fine. I get it. Some people hate winning. Uh, all right, so you're back on the clock. What are you thinking there, Adam? Uh, you got Hurts. You got Burrow back-to-back. I did. I went with a pocket passer to kind of balance things out i'm actually going to snipe Kenyon drake here despite the fact i said i was done with running backs yeah that's just too juicy to pass up there so i've now got way more backs than i wanted to have because i've got six backs now and only three receivers so from here on out it's heavy on the wide receivers yeah and tight ends as we close it out i went a little heavy with the running backs here but 
I'm okay with it because I got consistent top end wide receiver talent in Keenan Allen and DJ Moore. Yeah, I was looking around. I I, I see Tanyan again. I see Gasecki. I see all these tight ends that are on the board. Johnny Smith. You know, all the suggested guys. So I just decided to grab my backup. I grabbed Trevor Lawrence. I guess not a bad backup. And Tannehill starting the season, and he'll he'll ball out. And then when the bye week comes, I'll have Trevor Lawrence in the pocket. So uh, maybe by the time uh, Tannehill's bye week comes up, Trevor Lawrence will be able to, uh, to step in for it. So I'm okay with that. I, I like that pick. We've got Tevin Coleman, Rob Gronkowski coming off the board. Now it's time for Scott to pick. Scott, what are you? Where are you looking at? You got a pretty full uh, running back board. Looks like you got. You need some wide receiver help. Truth is, I do. I don't really like the wide receivers available though. If I could trade in this league, which I probably would try to do, I'm going to take Tunyon just because of the fact that at round 12, I feel like you're just handing me value at that point. I could probably flip either one, if not. Mark Andrews. So I know that realistically for a full on team, I would need to trade a couple people, but you're going to give me Tunyon in the 12th round. I got to be tempted by that. Don't I? Yeah, that's, that's gotta be a pretty good deal. I got 14 seconds left. I I'm looking around and, and there's not a whole lot that I feel like I, I need to reach on, but I got four seconds left. Give me, give me penny. Give me Rashad penny. Chris Carson's probably going to get hurt. Oh my god! Chris Carson's probably going to get hurt. Penny's going to be the guy. You you gave us 30 seconds, you know. Rashad Penny. All right, yell at me for Rashad Penny. Go ahead. I'm going to, I mean, that's just all I need to say. You drafted Rashad Penny when there were better. If you wanted a running back, Rod, you could have gone out and got Gio Bernard, who's going to have value. Kenneth Gainwell has value there. Salvan Ahmed, much more upside than Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny's looked wash throughout most of his career. You could have gone and gotten a guy with a lot of upside. But tell me, so, they'll be there. I mean, I got two I got two more picks before I, I need to pick a defense and a kicker. So, like, they'll be there. I, I'm not really too worried about it. Um, but I'm not seeing, again, that Philly, that Philly offense, I'm not touching Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, and, and, Salvan Ahmed? Really? Yeah. This is where we're going yeah. with this? Yeah. Athletic freak out of the backfield makes big plays, you know, get the ball in his hands and watch him go. We saw him do it in limited action last year. It seems like that's going to be his role this year because there's no Matt Breida taking him up. You know, you really got to like it. But I think Miles Gaskin's going to get his run, though. I don't, I, I know that maybe Miles I'm, Gaskin is going to get the run, but he can't run on every down. That's true. But I don't know how effective. Ahmed will be in well you said in limited action he was he was good but I still don't know I mean again this is all purely speculative speculative at this point and I'm I haven't seen it and if I don't see it necessarily I don't want to gamble maybe that's why I don't win as much maybe that's why Adam's the champ and with the belt and I don't got my belt so just a question here I ended up reaching a little bit here with Traquan Smith but with the injury to Michael Thomas I am a little bit kind of confused as to why He's still a little bit underrated. If, if you're going to assume that Tom's going to be out for the first couple of weeks, isn't Traquan by default, uh, if not the primary target there in the wide receiver core? I feel like he is. And and Callaway is going to be in that mix too. But I think, yeah, you're right. Traquan in round 13, that, that feels like uh, people don't necessarily value what that means. But then again, the quarterback situation there is, is scaring me anyways. So Adam, what do you think? I mean, it's. I think it's really, for me, just one of those things where you're dealing with a lot of uncertainty in New Orleans now. Michael Thomas was going to be the sure thing. Sure, we can get excited about Traquan Smith, but at the end of the day, we're just sitting here and wondering why or who is going to be the guy. Who are we going to have? Who's going to end up being the guy in that offense? Who's going to end up being the quarterback? Who's going to be the go-to receiver? There's just so many unknowns that it's hard to see Traquan Smith. He should probably have moved up a bit more, but you got to be wonder. But it, he's not going to shoot up to the sixth round. No. Of course not. I, I was looking at the spot that I got him in where we're already in the double-digit rounds. But if you're looking even for a guy who might provide you value for the first couple of weeks in a fantasy season, I think he's worth a flyer if you're looking for a guy who might be able to contribute at all in arguably the 13th or 14th round. Right. And so here I actually like to do this. I like to go out and get my defense and kickers oh. when I'm drafting like in a round in a in a draft like this. So I go out, I get Young Way Koo in the Bills yeah, defense. You did. Bills defense is a hundred percent homer pick. So Young Way Koo though, 
you know, a good kicker can really set you apart. If you set that floor of like 12 points a week with your kicker, that's something you don't got to worry about. You're not relying on your kicker on a Monday night. You're just, I know I'm getting 12 points. Let me build the rest of my roster around that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's the thing too. I, 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 I'm so mad at you. I should have known you were going to pick because uh yeah that's the xfl and the or not, well aaf in us uh i mean it's out. also just he's was the best kicker in the nfl last year he is absolutely and he's korean which i love because i was in korea for a year uh all right last round who is my kicker going to be who is my kicker going to be i think i know who my kicker is going to be I am looking at, uh, I picked up the Patriots defense, by the way, because if you listen to last episode, we broke down the matchups for um, defenses, and I won't give it away, but New England's got a, a very tasty matchup, uh, one that you can stream in week one. So definitely take a look at that one. Look at the dab. Our draft is complete. All right. So here's what we're going to end up doing. We are going to end up, uh, I'm going to start with Scott. Scott, I'm going to have you read down your team. Uh, and then Adam, I'll have you read down your team. I, I, so here's what we'll do. Read down your team and then just talk it through. Talk about why you like where you are, what you got, where you know, you're know you at and, and, and how you like your team overall. So Scott, well, go ahead and hit uh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Adam. Obviously Scott's going to like his team, Rod. Why is he, why are we going to talk about, why is Scott gets to talk about his team? I think we get to talk about Scott's team. Oh, well, fine. Yeah, do, whatever, do whatever you want. I'll go after. I don't really care. Okay, fine. You guys can, you guys can roast me if you want. Okay. Uh, all right. So no, then, no, you take us through your team, Scott, and then we're going to talk about, there you go. We'll That'll talk work. about your team. That'll work. That works for me. I know you are always ready to win money and boost your odds. So guess what? WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, if it has some sort of league affiliation, WinBet has got you covered. College football, even more. <laughs> Great promos, odds, payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today. Receive a special offer, a risk-free bet up to $500 sports bet. A risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet. Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. As always, we are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season literally kicking off right now. And PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever with PropSwap. Your bet doesn't even need to win. I know most cases you got to win, right? No, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, last year, Mac Jones, 25 to one to win the Heisman Trophy. And then by November, he became the favorite. A PropSwap customer who bet $100 on Mac before the season sold that Heisman ticket on PropSwap for $1,000, cashing out at the right time before Devonta Smith ran away from the field. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting. So buy low, sell high, right? The average seller on PropSwap, get this, makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Make sure to head over to underdogfantasy.com right now. Use that promo code SGPN for a free $25. That's right. Sign up now. Get a free shot at $1 million. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italian Serie A, Argentina's Primera División, the Brasilia AO, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation, and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the U.S. and Mexicans men's national teams, plus much more. It's the best of the beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulsic. Be a part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount+. Plus. Visit Paramount+, Plus to start your free trial and stream every match live. 
Of course, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, including this one. Go back, listen to all your favorite episodes. Start from the beginning and splurge. Why not? You can binge. I don't care. I don't mind. Go back. But keep listening to this one first. Don't forget to toss us an app review as always and download the SGPN app today. So 10th pick, first round, I got Chubb. I, you know, I'm just going to read out the picks and you guys can stop me if you notice anything. I got Chubb, Hopkins, Evans, Sanders, Andrews, Sutton, Rogers, Michael Carter, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Then I got the pick that I know not everybody loves here in A.J. Dillon. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Tunyon, Traquan Smith, Damian Williams, Colts defense, and Jason Sanders. My only two, my only two ones, other than uh, Adam's immediate visceral reaction to AJ Dillon, is uh, Lindsey again because the Houston offense could be an absolute disaster and train wreck depending on what happens. And even if Deshaun Watson decides he's going to stay, uh, is he going to be suspended? Uh, that whole that whole offense has me wanting to stay completely away. Um, but I get it where you picked, right? But uh, really, talk about your selection there because I want to I want to know what you're thinking about. Philip Lindsay for anybody who's on the fence about him. Well, according to initial reports, it seems like Lindsay is kind of in a one A one B situation when it comes to the actual depth chart with uh, Houston. So, at the, with the eleventh pick, I'm getting a guy who, worst case scenario, has a fifty percent shot to get the starting job, if not already getting a decent amount of touches. Eleventh round, if you're looking for a depth running back who maybe can give you a little bit of value, depending on how everything else shapes out over the either training camp or preseason or even the first couple weeks in the season, I think it's worth taking a flyer for the 11th round for a potential starting running back in the league. Yeah, I guess I can't argue with that. Adam, you want to you wanna hit him I, up on anybody? I, I'm right on board with that Philip Lindsay pick. I was going to praise him for that, for that bad decision he made with A.J. Dillon there in the 10th. He came back around and made a great pick with Philip Lindsay in the 11th. I think Philip Lindsay is going to take over that backfield before too long. I think um, he, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's the best running back there. David Johnson hasn't been the same in years. Philip Lindsay is the guy he's listed. It looks like they're going to have two backs on the field with him at a time. But, I, you know, these late-round running backs, you went one for three in my mind <laughs> because in the 14th round, you came back around with Damian Williams. And, you know, sure, there wasn't a lot, but you could have gone and gotten a guy like Josh Kelly who's got a lot more upside and a clearer path to getting on the field. He when you're saying a lot more upside, you can make an argument the upside for both of them is zero. Who's kind of just no, picking the upside, a guy in the no, 14th there's round. a lot of upside for Josh Kelly because Josh Kelly right now is listed as third on the depth chart there in L.A. behind Justin Jackson and obviously Austin, Austin Eckler. Eckler. But the thing you need to remember is that in L.A., they had a lot of, they spread the ball around on the ground. I mean, Austin Eckler, 116 rush attempts. Josh Kelly, 111 last year. Kalen Balazs, 88. Justin Jackson, 59. They really ran a lot of guys on the ground last year. Austin Eckler is going to get a lot of work, but he's not going to dominate the touches. Well, we that, can also admit, though, that Eckler's injury led to the diverse amount of carries from the variety of running backs. So I do did, think that'll cut in. Past Eckler, when they had Eckler and Gordon, it was still a pretty even split. So they and we don't know what the new offense is going to look like, but again, just saying here, I think Josh Kelly has more upside than Damian Williams, who's stuck very firmly behind David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, who are less likely to concede their role to him. That's fair. It was just a matter of me kind of wishing that fantasy relied like an NFL draft system where I could potentially trade that draft pick because I didn't like anybody <laughs> on the board. But you're going to have that in some spots. I mean, you can say you didn't like any on, anybody on the board, but you could have gotten a guy like Christian Kirk. He was still on the board. Go get a nice receiver there. I, I um, already had I already had enough receivers. Plus, I ended up getting Traquan and uh, the round Williams before. Is, I was I Damian was Williams is just that guy you gotta go and get right. You got you got a you got a chance <laughs> to draft him. Well, you're mentioning wide. Him. You're mentioning wide receivers, right? I mean, if you're going through the actual board, I already had five receivers. You did. I, I, I wasn't going to take I, another I get, one. I get that. I mean. You could have a sixth receiver, and I think you're going to be okay. But anyway, so I was saving him for you. So wait, what did what go. did what did the grade? What did the give you? What was the grade that they actually gave you on this one? There, Scott. I got an eight. I got an eighty-seven. You got eighty-seven. So out of a hundred. Okay. Uh, see, so that wasn't all that bad for uh, for everybody. All right, uh, Adam. I, I want you, you, my friend, to read down your roster so we can roast you. All right, so we got Alvin Kamara in the first round, Joe Mixon in the second round. Then we go Keenan Allen and DJ Moore in rounds three and four. 
Travis Etienne in round five, uh, Chase Claypool in round six, Damian Harris in seven, Trey Sermon in eight, Jalen Hurts in nine, coming back around with Joe Burrow in 10, Kenyon Drake in the 11th, Jalen Rager in the 12th, Jacoby Myers in the 13th, Young Waku in the 14th, Buffalo Bills D in the 15th, and then lastly, the sleeper of the year, Donald Parham Jr., tight end, Los Angeles Chargers, ladies and gentlemen. Talk about top 15, top 10 tight end this year. Book it. Houston. That's that's where we're all at. Uh, uh, Scott, any chinks in that armor? I want I want to know what you're thinking as far as uh, Adam's draft is concerned. Well, I have a question about a couple of picks. I'm going to start off with the first with the first pick in the first round. I didn't have an issue with it, but I know some people are down on Kamara because you don't exactly know if Taysom Hill is going to be quarterback or if Jameis is going to be quarterback. Do you have any response to people who might be a little bit down on Kamara because of the uncertainty regarding quarterback in New Orleans? So I get the I get the fear there, but you're thinking. You know, you're not exact. You know, you're getting a little worried about nothing. Um, he's a guy who's always produced, no matter who's been under center. You know, when we look at last year, we saw how he did without that. You know, he was double digit carries every game, five plus targets just about every game. There was only that San Francisco game in week nine where he was down in week eight and nine last year. He was down just a little bit, but you know, he still made it work, still found the end zone. He's a guy who's going to get the ball and make things happen. And he's the focal point of that offense, especially with Michael Thomas out. In games where Michael Thomas has been out, he's seen 14, 10, 13 targets. The man is the focal point, the weapon, the key that drives everything in that Saints offense. Well, the main question that I had regarding a pick was going to be in the eighth round when you end up taking Trey Sermon. And I feel like that's a situation where you wanted to get at least a head in a potential committee. But I don't exactly know where you put Sermon on the depth chart right now. You think the eighth round's a little bit early? Is there, you looking at him as a handcuff, as a guy who could potentially take over midway through the season? Because he's probably going to rot on your bench for about the first month. Wouldn't you agree with that? Uh, Rod, you're the 49ers expert. Talk to us about what the 49ers about what's happening in 49ers camp oh, right now. Man, those guys. They just they went and grabbed every running back out there. They they basically decided to treat uh, running backs like Pokémon and just catch them all. Uh, mm-hmm. and so for me, yeah, I mean, yeah, Trey Sermon is going to sit on his bench for a better part of the season. But here's the thing about Trey Sermon is that eventually Mostert, I know, I don't think he's going to get injured, but there's a lot of people that think he's going to get injured midway through the year. They think Gallman's going to be the guy midway through or whenever Mostert gets hurt. And that leaves Trey Sermon on there. But then again, you got Elijah Mitchell too. So, I mean, I don't know me Mostert. I picked Mostert because I know he's starting the season. If I have to drop him two or three weeks in the season, uh, he's not my, he's not one of my, well, yeah, I guess he is one of my starting running backs, but I still got Melvin Gordon. I got Latavius Murray that I can plug in there. And Latavius Murray, look, for all that everybody says, uh, we'll go through my, my picks later, but in the, in the San Francisco backfield, uh, Trey Sermon is not somebody that I want to gamble on, but I can, I can not fault people for wanting to take a gamble on him because of the, the situation that he's in with Kyle Shanahan, who loves him some running backs. Um, but I don't know. And you got to figure that he was already set. Adam was at running back at that point. So Trey Sermon is a gamble that I think at this point, if you got Kamar, you got Mixon, you got ETN who very well could be that lead back in Jacksonville. He was already set. So he was really just looking for depth and maybe some bi-week play here and there. I don't think he was looking for a flex out of Trey Sermon. I think that might've just been a stash, uh, that you get early in a draft because you're not going to get him on the waiver wire later. Right, Adam? Well, actually, what it is, is it's he's number two on the depth chart right now. And we know the 49ers really like to run a running back by committee. And there's they're going to have weeks where guys have two guys have double digit touches. And that's all you need for it to be a week. He's listed right now on the depth chart as the number two back behind the off injured Raheem Mostert. They went out and drafted him despite having drafted Jermichael Hasty, signing Wayne Gallman. They went and got this kid for a reason. And if you're going to put a back next to a guy like Trey Lance, you're going to have a chance to really unlock Trey Sermon there. It is an upside play, but it's not a reach at a handcuff. It's locking down the RB2 in a run-heavy offense. That's fair. I'm just pointing out you drafted five running backs in the first eight rounds. I did. I went heavy on the running because, again, but what did we talk about? In rounds three and four, I got two wide receiver ones. I got Keenan Allen and DJ Moore, and then I came back around and snagged Chase Claypool. I was set. And then coming back around in round 12, Jalen Rager, round 13, Jacoby Myers. Jalen Rager 
is the best receiver on Philadelphia right now. And Jacoby Myers is looking like he's going to be the machine out of the slot in that Patriots offense. You know, that's been the, that's the pick that I really like there in the 13th round because he ended up leading the Patriots in targets this year. And you're going to get him in round 12, 13, 14. That's a guy you really got to be targeting late because the Patriots have a lot of those vacated targets from the slot. If it's Mac Jones or even Cam Newton, and he's throwing the ball more. I'm staying away from Rieger at all costs, but I can understand your point of looking at upside. How much stock do you actually buy into news, good or bad, about players when it comes to either conditioning or whether they're just performing terribly in practice or anything like that? Because Rieger, I don't know if he's done one thing right so far in training camp and preseason. I mean, they haven't played yet. They're playing tonight, but he failed the conditioning test. He's been dropping passes. Does that concern you at all? A little bit. It definitely does. But again, I picked him up there in round 12. You know, he's a dart throw. There'll be some receivers that are going to come out of the woodwork on other teams. And if need be, I'm playing the waiver wire and I'm dropping Jalen Rager, Jacoby Myers, Kenyon Drake. Those three guys I'm fine dropping early. Um, I'm not necessarily looking to hold them. They were just kind of extra picks. Uh, I got sniped in round 11 on Darnell Mooney, who was the guy I really wanted there. But, you know, Say lobby is what it is. Fair enough. Damn computers. And there Rod, it's your t- Rod, it's your turn. Predicted. It is my turn, isn't it? All right, fine. So here we go. Uh, round one got me some Devontae Adams. So this, again, I didn't mean to go RB0, but I certainly fell out this way. And I got goaded by Adam, by the way. So that that blame that on that. Uh, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Julio Jones in the first four rounds. Boy, did I load up on receiver. Then I came around. I got Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon. Uh, snagged my Ryan Tannehill pick. Uh, got Logan Thomas, then came back with Latavius Murray. Trevor Lawrence, Rashad Penny, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Christian Kirk, got the Patriots D, and then good as gold, Robbie Gold of my San Francisco 49ers in the final round. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not really all that disappointed in this team, but I know you guys have a lot of questions on, on my picks, so uh, have at it. Scott, we'll start with you, because I know Adam's just going to lay into me. I mean, it's just the jokes with the four straight wide receivers to start the draft. I mean, that's where we got to start, right? (laughs) I mean, I don't really know how much more to add there just because of the fact that in I don't really know what league format that you're going to be playing in. You might not be able to use all four wide receivers during the same week, so you have to keep that in mind. But the one question that I do have, it's not really a criticism, but it is definitely a talking point. Uh, You took Trevor Lawrence in the 11th round. Now, I know that Urban Meyer came out today and enlisted him as a code. I don't even know what to call it. They're just a QB competition going on between him and Minshew. I don't know if that's genuine or if that's just gamesmanship or honestly just pure nonsense. But do you read into that at all? I don't really know how Lawrence is not going to be the starter for week one. But is it a little bit concerning when the coaching staff is doing all these either head games or maybe they genuinely just aren't sure if Minshew actually has a shot to win the job. Well, listen, for me, any rookie quarterback is always that gigantic gamble, right? It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who it is. Trevor Lawrence went 101. You don't draft a guy 101 to say he's going to sit there, right? Alex Smith, all these guys that went 101, they're all starting right now. So that's a lot of coach speak. We know Minshew mania is alive and well in Jacksonville, but here's the thing. If you're drafting Trevor Lawrence as your number one guy, as the guy that you're going to start week one, you might want to be a little concerned. You might want to make sure you grab somebody at least because here we are. What we're, we're now in the second week of the preseason at the very least. Um, or maybe the first full week of preseason. Technically the first week is the Hall of Fame game, just a bonus. Yeah, exactly. So the first full week of preseason. So if you're if you're buying into all the coach speak right now, which is where we're actually talking about um, Trey Sermon being second on the depth chart, this is still August. Like, give me, give me week four of the preseason, and then I'll start reacting to a lot of different stuff. So uh, maybe this is just a kick in the ass for Trevor Lawrence to, you know, perform and to not get complacent because he was a first overall pick. Maybe Maybe this is just him, uh, the coaching staff saying, look, Trevor, yeah, you went first, but you still haven't earned your stripes yet. So you might want to make sure you show out in camp and don't come in thinking that you've got this job because we've got Gardner Minshew, who's got a ridiculously awesome hair and and goatee set that, you know, wows the ladies over here in Jacksonville. And if we if we put him on the starting field week one, nobody's going to cry. Um, so and, and, and you got to think about it, too. I drafted Trevor Lawrence as a backup right to Tannehill as a bye week fill in for Tannehill. 
So I'm not worried if he doesn't start the first couple of weeks. I'm not worried until the bye week hits. And if he doesn't start, and if all of a sudden it does become Minshew's team, I'm no worse for the wear because I can always find a a, a serviceable fill-in in quarterback or at quarterback for the bye week. Uh, when it comes time on the waiver wire. So Trevor Lawrence to me was a gamble I was willing to take. Um, I do wish because T.Y. Hilton was there. I probably should have taken T.Y. Hilton, but I already had all the receivers, so I couldn't get greedy. I think that the main thing that I was just kind of wondering with the Lawrence point is you just brought up that you're going to be using him as a backup. You're pretty much going to be using Tannehill every week (laughs) besides the bye week. So do you think the 11th round might be a little bit too early to take that backup quarterback who might not even be starting week one. Yeah, I absolutely think it. I don't normally draft that way, but I saw Trevor there and I thought it was a decent enough gamble because most of the other backups that you're going to take don't have mm-hmm. the uh, capability of starting and being the starting quarterback uh, from week one, right? And it being their team. A lot of these other backups, yeah, they'll be starters, but they're down on the list as far as the starters are concerned. Because if you look at, well, Matt Ryan could have been a serviceable backup in that one. Tua could have been, but I don't know. To me, Trevor Lawrence had the most, um, I don't, I hate saying upside, but had the most upside to me uh, of, of all those quarterbacks that we're looking at in the later rounds. Fair enough. Anyway, Adam, uh, I asked a couple questions, probably more than I should have. I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> That's Ryan. what we're here for, man. All right, it Adam. was a fine draft through like round eight. And then I think maybe nine, we'll give you Logan Thomas. And then I think you jumped off the rails a little bit with Latavius Murray, Trevor Lawrence, Rashad Penny, Nelson Aguilar, and Christian Kirk. I like actually no. It only went off the line, rails line rounds eight through thirteen. Round fourteen was fine with Christian Kirk. Yeah, don't you pull that, that Christian late, Kirk on me? You love that guy. That's why I picked I him. I love that pick. That was a good pick. Past that though, golly, what happened to you in the late rounds there, bud? Did pressure get to you a little bit? I think I think it was the clock, man, and and my internet running a little slow. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, here's the thing, man. With Latavius Murray. I know that Kamara gets everything in there, but Latavius Murray is used. And if I'm going to have a flex guy, like if I'm going to roll out a flex and maybe not in a half PPR, uh, he, he won't be catching any passes, but he's going to get in the end zone a few times. He's going to fall into the end zone. You could have had Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Philip Lindsay. Singletary, I'm a little bit sad that I didn't. I probably should have pulled the trigger on Singletary. You could have had with a bigger guaranteed role and not playing next to an all-world talent. All those other guys are in timeshares or have a definitive role. Latavius Murray is just chilling there, holding, you know, coming in when Alvin Kamara gets tired from running guys over and juking them out their shoes. I know Latavius Murray can score six, uh, or not Latavius Murray, Kamara can score six touchdowns in a game, but even still, Latavius Murray gets run. Like, it's, it's not that he doesn't necessarily look. I'll even pull it up right now. This is me pulling up Latavius Murray stats. Uh, 2020, he had 656 yards. That's not bad for a backup so, running back, right? Here's my question, though. How many fantasy-relevant games did he have last year? Well, let's pull that up right now, shall we? Game logs 2020. got it up already, Rod. I'm going to tell you right now. Week 16, 7.2, uh, 9, about 10 points. Uh, I was going to say whenever Taysom Hill was quarterback. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, we're going to count it. One, two. Although, who's going to be quarterback coming three, up soon? That is true. It's a good point. Four. He had four fantasy relevant games last year, and he played every single game and had at least a 30% snap share in every single game last year. Four. Four of 16. He is relevant to your team 25% of the time with far less upside. Sir, you really need to reevaluate that look there in the late rounds. I will. I still am not sure if we're going to let you get off the hook, though, because I know I thought Adam was going to bring it up. I barely brought it up. We're just going to let him slide taking four straight wide receivers to start the draft. Oh, I was going to get there. You're going to let him slide. It's an RB zero approach. We <laughs> played it great. This is a complete RB zero the, approach. We played the RB zero fantastic until the Julio Jones pick. Julio in the fourth was a flop because he there it is. You, the, so you do, so you do have an issue with one of the four wide receivers. Had, okay, there we the go. The only one I had an issue with. I liked the rest of it. Well, I could have yeah, come back I'll around. Rant about Julio. I could have come back Julio. around with Deontay Johnson or Adam Thielen. I, if 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 oh I were to gosh, have my you didn't even go with good receivers as the other guys you were thinking about, Rod. Well, what what are you thinking? You said those? T Higgins. I know. I know T Higgins. T Higgins. T Higgins. Not even a question. I don't have an issue with Thielen there. Personally. I have an issue with Thielen there. His well, you have Jefferson a huge getting injured in, in practice, though. He's in for I, some I, massive touchdown regression. 
Uh, uh, definitely true. But Thielen, can you, you can usually pencil him in for over 1,000. And Jefferson, uh, I know that he should be fine by the start of the season. Are you a little bit concerned with the injury that he had in practice? Because if he might hypothetically be a little bit less durable than he was in his rookie season, Thielen might end up getting a decent amount of targets solely based on the fact that there's basically nobody else there if something happens to Jefferson. Is that fair? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I just – I'm not really worried about it. I'd just rather have T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is going to outperform Adam Thielen this year. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't have an issue with the approach of the four straight wide receivers. It was a good RB0 draft textbook right there. Then blitzed three running backs, picked up Latavius Murray. Well, it's the wrong pit, prick, pick. It's the Ooh, right approach. And the same right. thing with Rashad Penny. Wrong guy, right approach, though. Take those two running backs late. He has a nice team. I don't know about the two-quarterback approach with that. Um, Tannehill is a very reliable guy, doesn't miss a lot of games. I know I went back-to-back quarterbacks, but that's because Jalen Hurts, running quarterback. I always, If I'm taking a highly mobile quarterback like that late, I want to stack him with a more reliable passer. Plus, Joe Burrow in the 10th could have top five upside if mm-hmm. he's back healthy. Um, so, anyways... That's about it. Uh, Rod, what did you sco- What did the mock draft analyzer score you as? It gave me an 82. I, I didn't ask you. What did it give you? I, I know that you probably Ran got an away A. away with this one, boys. 92. 92. So 92. Well, here's, let me go down. Let me go down the list here real quick. So as far as the, what Fantasy Pros scored us, uh, as far as what our projected standings would be, uh, Adam at the top, 1,019 points. Uh, Scott, 1,001 point. Me, 981 points. It doesn't like the fact that I took some chances here. Uh, so that that is where the overall projections would be uh, if we were to play this thing out. So although I will say my wide receiver position was ranked second. So, you know, there's that. Wait, so you weren't even first in wide receivers and you <laughs> took four straight wide receivers to start the draft? No, because I didn't take T. Higgins. <laughs> oh, well, the the only thing that I do know is that just to actually make sure we're on the same page here, how many teams usually make the playoffs in a given fantasy league? I believe it's six, right? Minus six, yep. my leagues, yeah. So I believe I'm projected to make the playoffs. You are. So Barely everything after that's a free-for-all. Barely make the playoffs. We me, all know that it's all about hand. getting into the dance, me, man. Hell it's all yeah. about the dance. I'm over here earning a first-round buy. <laughs> yeah, and Rod's uh, prepping for next season. I sure as hell am. Although it no. did say, it did say, what if if I drafted Will Fuller, my score would have been thirty three uh, points uh, higher. Uh, so suspend, suspended uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, I would, I would have been in the playoffs, injured, and you Fuller. wouldn't have been, Scott. That's that's where we would have been there. Could have been. Uh, All I know is that the thing I learned about fantasy football, just with drafts in general, is that of course everything kind of depends on how it plays out during the season. But as long as your team is going to be somewhat competitive. You can always make trades. I draft. I drafted Tunyon, for example, based on spot. I would easily trade him potentially for another guy. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind if you're actually doing your drafts. Just because you drafted all these guys doesn't mean you have to keep them by week one. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Absolutely. Hey, I do want to also add that Latavius Murray. This is this is what Fantasy Pro said. Sleeper alert with a fire emoji by it. Latavius Murray is the number two running back in our consensus sleeper rankings. And Rashad Penny is the number five running back in their consensus sleeper rankings. And Dan Harris of Fantasy Pros likes my draft more than any other expert. So there, guys, I have the approval of Dan Harris and the sleeper experts. But Rod, that's the algorithm telling you those guys (laughs) liked it because the Fantasy Pros expert sitting here right with you tells you i hate your draft <laughs> uh, well so listen. do you want to listen to the computer rod or do you want to listen to your friend your mentor your fantasies are sitting right here your fantasy pros consensus ranker talking you, to you right here you sign so, my check so it's a, it's all you adam i do not sign your checks stop <laughs> stop putting that on me i do not sign your checks what's I'm up scott the guy who helps you make stuff better <laughs> what's and up, i'm trying scott? to help you make your fantasy team better here rod all I know is that the site gave me a B plus grade. I think that's reasonable. I, I think it's around B plus A minus. I think it could have been a better draft. I think it could have been a worse draft. I think it's fine. Overall, what I don't know what your grades were. And I got a B plus. I'm fine with that. I think it's we either an A minus or a B plus. Yeah. Rob had an 82, which is a B minus. Yep. You had an 87, which is a B plus. 
and I had a 92, which is an A minus. I'm asking in general though, do you guys agree with those grades or do you think that they're yeah, underscoring you a little bit? I think they're pretty accurate. Um, you know, the algorithm is pretty good for just a straight up redraft. It only gets wonky if you add keepers. Cause I did my keeper draft, my keeper league draft mock here. And it was, it was rough. It did not like it at all. It was really funny actually how bad it was. It gave me like a D plus, but that's because everything's jacked up because you got like top five picks being take being kept in like the eighth round. So, so just to make sure the, the algorithm's only bad when you get D pluses in your draft. <laughs> correct. Correct. Okay. The algorithm's only bad when I get D pluses in keeper drafts because it can't factor in the keepers being removed. That's just correct. making sure we're on the same page. I'm just, cool. I'm, I'm being honest here. <laughs> now I, I agree with mine too. Listen, cause on a normal draft, there's no way on God's green earth. I'm going for receivers. And the fact that I even got baited into doing that in the first place, shame on me and shame on you, Adam, for making me feel the, the effects of 30 second time clock here. Uh, but in a normal draft, I'm not going for wide receivers. I'm definitely taking uh, a running back probably in round three at the very latest because the, the quality starts to go down as we saw in my draft. So, <sighs> all right, let's catch our breaths. Hopefully, guys, you got something out of these mock drafts. Uh, if you have not started to mock draft, now is the time to start because you're getting to the point in the season where uh, the news is starting to solidify. Games are starting to happen, and, and now's the best time to start practicing because people have more information. If you're mock drafting in, in June and July, that's fine. Hell, we all do it. But the problem is is that you know you start to work off of old information. You're working off new information now. So start doing more of these mock drafts. Start getting in there and, and get the reps before you come to your own draft day. And that way you have a feel for uh, which players are going where. Because mock drafting, all it really does is it never really predicts what you're going to get. But it, what it does is, it, it, especially if you mock draft from different positions uh, every time, like don't, don't try to just stay in one position. But the more flexible flexibility you have, you know where players are going and you can feel comfortable saying, all right, well, I got the fourth pick. I kind of know which is which players are going to be around that position when it comes time. And and that way you're not panicking at a 30 second clock and taking Julio Jones and getting mocked for it relentlessly uh, by your peers. So uh, gentlemen, any thoughts on that? I, anything you want to chip in on that? Scott, anything? Um, overall, no. Fun experience overall. Uh, definitely been doing more and more mock drafts as the preseason schedule actually starts. I don't consider the Hall of Fame game actual football. No offense, because that's just usually hideous the entire time. But always keep tabs on some preseason stuff, you know, injury reports, stuff like that you normally would. But at the end of the day, it's all about reps. And you brought it up, Rod, about how it's mostly just about preparing yourself for any type of situation. So if you are willing to put in the work do some mock drafts from various positions, then when something unorthodox does happen in your actual draft, you're not going to panic. You're going to have some idea of what you should do if some player gets taken off the board that you were originally targeting that's no longer available. Yeah. That's how I look at it. When that drunk guy puts the wrong sticker on the board and all of a sudden your whole draft is thrown into a tizzy, then uh, you know exactly what's happened. Adam, anything you want to toss in there? Anything you want to add to this? No, because you guys, you guys nailed it. You just got to let the drafts come for come to you. But ladies and gentlemen, you need to be prepared. And there's one way to prepare, and it is with the SGPN Fantasy Football Crew. We've got the cheat sheets. We've got our draft approaches coming out. If you want to know how to do RB0 the correct way, not the rod way. We've got that coming. We've got your super flex guide coming. We've got it all, ladies and gentlemen. The draft kit drops early next week. Be ready for it. Be excited. Stay tuned to the pod. Stay tuned to our Twitters. We got a new fantasy football doctor in the house, Sebastian, Dr. Sebastian, giving us PT advice, keeping us up to date on all the injuries. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want it, SGPN has it. Get in the Slack. Follow everybody on Twitter. It's going to be a good one. Let it ride. That is the truth. And yeah, be on the lookout for a fantasy uh, injury or fantasy relevant injury show coming up pretty soon. We're going to walk you through all the injuries that are fantasy relevant with our brand new doc. So that's going to be super exciting as well. Uh, I think I can finally play this and say we are done with the show. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, Thanks for joining us, as always, for this episode 
of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast for Scott, for Adam. Follow all of us on Twitter at Reichel Radio for Scott, at Adam Pelletier for Adam, me at RJ Gomez. Of course, follow the SGPN at the SGPN Network or at Gambling Podcast. Download this show. Do all the stuff you normally do, and if you haven't, then uh, shame on you. Start. Download the SGPN app. Find all the past episodes, all the future episodes, everything you want from the SGPN. Hopefully you got something out of this mock draft. We enjoy doing it for you, and we enjoy, as always, presenting you with fantasy football information. The season is starting soon. We're going to have so much football to talk hot and heavy, and uh, we'll be back again next week with more of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Let it ride. Let it ride.